everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner of in crime of crime christy brower hello <laughs> hello hey everybody happy wednesday after christmas mm -hmm. yeah we're in, in, the in between. i don't this weird week that i don't know if you guys all feel this way but I, lots of people don't know what to do with this week this is sort of like a throwaway mm. week i have not gotten out of my pajamas in two days i am Ooh, still nice. not out of my pajamas i just uh put on a sweater for you guys <laughs> but yeah we're still eating christmas eve leftovers and christmas day leftovers and doing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretty well nothing yeah i'm here for it nice yeah i'm here for it too we're we're doing some stuff but mm -hmm. it's all fun right just yeah, going out buying new campers Why? and shit yeah well, new, not new, new to us. We're buying a new to us motorhome for camping for this year and for doing some traveling and stuff. And we, we found, we had one picked out. We really wanted, we went and we worked it out today. So we're getting it. Woo! Excellent news. Very exciting. So excited. Yeah. Well, we hope you, you guys had, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you may in the future actually see me podcasting from uh, inside my motorhome if I happen oh. to be out of town. And just doing the show from there. Pretty. It's going to be amazing. awesome. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. Well, congrats on that. It's awesome news. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we had a very fun Christmas Eve and Christmas. We hope that you guys did you too. sure did. Uh, what was your favorite part of Christmas Eve? Well, I mean... The dad joke off was the best. It was so funny. And yeah, I laughed until I literally had a sore throat the next day. I, me too. I, I thought I was hard. getting sick. And then I realized, wait, I'm not getting sick. I just laughed my ass off last night. That's why. <laughs> I was really amazed how many people did participate and did mm -hmm. bring jokes prepared. Yes. We had a, a game, a dad joke game that you could pick some jokes out of if you needed jokes. But, and a few people did that. A few people ran out of jokes because they made it to further rounds. I didn't mm -hmm. because I couldn't quit laughing at everybody's jokes. Uh, Me either. But uh, I could not not laugh. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. So we did mm -hmm. it in groups of three. So three people would sit in the middle of the room on chairs in front of all of us and have to tell each other their jokes. And, uh, and not laugh. If, not fun, man. Not not possible for this really, guy. Really hard. Really hard. Yeah. Oh I gosh. it was all so funny. It was hilarious. So do you guys want to hear a couple of my favorite jokes? Oh, let's hear them. I thought maybe. Okay. Is some they're not all dad jokes, but uh two old ladies were sitting on a park bench and a flasher jumped out of the bushes and startled them and flashed them. And the first old lady had a stroke, but the second one couldn't reach. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. terrible. I could have told terrible. that, like, true crime terrible. style, you know. 
Told you, you that this happened in Florida and yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also, uh, we heard some big news this week that our nephew's uh, penis was in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, dear. We did? Well, only until the librarian made him take it out. Oh! That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want one more? One more. Please don't take us off for this one. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> um Minnie and Mickey were having some marital problems. They went to a counselor and they both spoke their piece to the counselor about what they thought was going on. And the counselor said, now, Mickey, you really can't be threatening to leave Minnie because you think she's going crazy or something. And he goes, going crazy? No, I said she's fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. 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 Those are the worst. Those are some of my mm -hmm. favorites. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was. Our nephew Stone won. He mm -hmm. did a fabulous job. Mm -hmm. Very good at not laughing at other people's jokes, which totally killed me. I was useless. No. Oh. Me too. I, I had nothing. I, I could tell the jokes, but I couldn't not laugh. That just was not possible. Yeah, And then we played Hilarious. two other games. We had a game, the, the cup game, we did this last year too, where you just put out a ton of red solo cups and put things inside of them. And if you get that cup, then you get what's inside of it. If you got a 3D printed pickle or a cherry cordial, then you had to eat either a moonshine pickle or a moonshine cherry, oh. you know. Unless you are a kid, and then you got a dollar instead. <laughs> but uh, that's always uh, alarming. But <laughs> those pickles, you guys, they are so bad. And I don't mind the cherries, but the pickles, oh, mm. gross. And we're pickle lovers, but who, man, they are tough to take. Yeah, Moonshine some people and were opting to no. shoot the pickle juice instead. Mm -hmm. That is true. Well, we need to say welcome to Tessa and Patricia, who don't usually make it live, oh. are making it live this week. Welcome. We're so glad you're here, along with all of the rest of you. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Well, there was big drama at my house on Christmas Eve morning. Who got the pickle and cherry? Uh, I had a, well, I think I got a cherry and I helped Mike get you his pickle because he couldn't do it. I got a cherry. I thank God didn't get a pickle this year. I did last year. So you got screwed on the Christmas Eve uh, um, gifts. I got screwed all the way around, you, you guys. Did. Yeah. So one of the games was I laid out a, a grid with tape on my kitchen table. with uh, And every so often on the table, you'd put a gift, you know. And then you roll out a roll of toilet paper and put a really full wine glass at the end. And you have to pull the toilet paper all the way across the table and wherever it finally spills and, you know, the toilet paper tears off, that's the gift you get. And obviously, like, I couldn't let this just be, you know, for naught. So I had put some gag gifts in there. And you, um, you won a can of uh, Vagisil spray? I sure did. Mm -hmm. I sure did. I won a can of Vagisil spray, guys. Does that sound like a lot of fun? No, it wasn't. And then the cup game, there were two cups with nothing under it. And you got them both. I, got both of them. <laughs> I 
hell. I got screwed so bad. But I got Katie back while we were filling stockings. She didn't notice. Mm -hmm. But I crammed that Vagisil right down in the bottom of her stocking. So she found it on Christmas morning. I thought that was pretty great. Yes, Terry, do you see this was one of my gifts from my wife, Rhonda? I got a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women uh, t-shirt. I'm so excited. I've wanted one for a long time. And she's like, I thought you would want to wear that on your show. And yes, I do. So thank you. Awesome thing. Very good. Yeah. Well, the only other thing that happened that, uh, well, on Christmas Eve morning, I had put some of my groceries for Christmas Eve down in my art room because it's cold down there. And because, uh, well, my house is just running way out of space. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I walked in there to grab a bag to finish a gift without realizing that little Zig the pig was right on my heels. Uh-oh. That little shit stole a grocery bag. Ran up the stairs, into the kitchen, back down the stairs, and tried to get it out the back door. All the while, bellowing and screaming at the top of his lungs. While I am trying to... I can't run. There's no... I'm stammering behind him, yelling at him. (laughs) It was such a chaos that it got everyone in my house out of bed. So that was the plus side. Um, But luckily, his bag ripped on his way through the kitchen. So he he got away with a 24-pack of corn tortillas. Uh, Then he ate every damn one. He stood right oh, out he would. inside the back door, the piggy door. And man, he wouldn't even let his sister. She couldn't get near it. I could not get near it. He screamed and hollered and ate the entire thing and had to uh, wrestle the packaging away from him so he didn't eat that. But yeah, so Zig went straight on the naughty list right then and there. That happened right in front of Santa and everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Life with those damn pigs. Mm-hmm. We're going to say welcome to Terry and Sue, who yeah. also don't usually make it to the live. So we're so glad wow. you're all here. Absolutely. You know, everybody's having a little break for the week, I guess, mm-hmm. and having more time. So it's so nice. Also, do you, do you like my mug? <gasps> oh, no, it's upside <laughs> down. <laughs> Uh-oh. I got these out of the press yesterday. I just about died laughing. So it's mine now. Scott said, you should still just show it up on your show and tell somebody to buy it on Etsy and you'll send it to them because it's funny as hell. I'm like, I mean, why would anyone want this? But anyway, that's what happened. That's funny because I have one and it's right side up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's uh, the intended way. So (laughs) (laughs) that's great. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Paula wanted to know what is the favorite gift you gave? the favorite gift I gave probably the rock tumbler I gave Rhonda because you know we suggested things to each other kind of send each other hints and stuff but I knew she really wanted a rock tumbler and she tried to buy one and couldn't get it at the time uh and so she had no idea that in the meantime I had bought her one and she's been buying um well we've been doing a lot of rock counting we've got a lot of stones we picked up over the summer and then she's bought a bunch of um raw stones as well and so now she's gonna start tumbling her own rocks she's really excited about it i also gave her a shirt that is a hawaiian shirt that has our dog's faces printed all over it it is hilarious that was one of my favorites also because it's so cute and funny that is awesome yeah (laughs) i think mine probably were some of my glass projects because I didn't know if I was going to pull any glass off for Christmas because I'm still learning and man, it's hard. 
but uh, I did manage to do, these are tea light holders that I made. Mm -hmm. I don't think the pictures really do them justice, but. it's Yeah, that one's a little better. Yeah. They're so pretty. They really turned out really nice. I love mine. I got the peace sign and I love it. Yeah. I know. The peace sign fun. reminded me a lot of mom. I knew you would love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Very and then I cool. had uh, glass pendants and glass earrings and uh, some ornaments. Yeah. So I was really, really proud of the glass. Well, and my copper bracelets too. I'm in love oh, with yeah. those. I can't believe that I did not make myself a ring or a bracelet. And so I'm going to do that. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> no. Nope. That's funny. I'm watching everybody else wear those. And I'm like, why didn't I make myself one of these? So I got to do that because I love them. But it's not just, it's, it's fused glass. Yeah. So basically you cut the pieces and you arrange them on your sheet of glass and with more glass on top, obviously, and glass powder and stuff and, then you put it in your kiln and fire it up to about 1300 degrees and and hope and pray and cast spells on the kiln and anything you can think of to hope this all turns out. And everything <laughs> I pulled out of the kiln this time worked. So I was actually so very excited. Oh, I should have brought more jewelry. It's so beautiful. Right? I received for Christmas a small kiln as well to be able to just do jewelry in so that I'm not firing up my huge kiln every time I want to do a little bit of jewelry. This is a piece. This is going to a listener actually from the Katie Weaver show, but this is one of the pendants right here. That's yeah. Really hard to see. It's, they're so beautiful. Yeah. Pretty fun. I'm having fun with the glass, a lot of fun with the glass. So yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Well, we need to welcome Jess, who doesn't usually make the live stream, and yeah. the stars, who usually does but doesn't comment. So welcome. We're so glad you're all here. Absolutely. Very fun. And there's so much happening in the crime world this week. It is crazy. Wild. Well, let's start with Daybell, because it is very brief. There was supposed to be a hearing tomorrow. We were going to live stream it. Uh, it looks like that has been uh, vacated. Vacated. So no hearing tomorrow for Chad. Thank you. And I, I will get some glass pendants and things like that up on TikTok or on TikTok. Hello. Etsy. I'm working on <laughs> that. Yeah. We'll get there pretty soon, I think. At any rate, yeah. So no hearing tomorrow for Chad. But did want to mention that, you know, a while ago, JJ's body had been released to his uh, next of kin. And they actually cremated JJ, mm -hmm. which... Uh, doesn't mean anything except for that in the the mormon church really looks down on cremation and that uh it was interesting in that aspect only i can totally well, understand it was up to woodcocks what happened and... entirely yeah mm -hmm. and That's that was their decision yeah uh we also know that some uh people that were integral to uh their friendships here and the case uh were received uh like necklaces or you know things like that with JJ's ashes, which is very sweet. And yeah, so, yeah, so that has been done. JJ's mm -hmm. cremated. There had been talk that there would be a memorial for both kids here in Rexburg at some point. Um, I hope that there still is. I think that's probably still happening, but probably when mm -hmm. it warms up outside, because, you know, it's yeah. hell around here currently. Uh, yes, uh, they could have done either, I'm sure, but uh, mm -hmm. they, they chose to cremate, which is fine. Right. And uh, yeah, you're, you're ironic. Right, they're they're not Mormon. 
Yeah, no, they're not. Only ironic because that's, uh, you know, because of the whole Mormon connection to this crazy case. Uh, right. But we were have been saying, when? When does Tylee get to be released to her family? Well, last Thursday she was released. So yeah. that's amazing as well. We are, we're really, really glad to see that. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that's, that's, it's good closure for these families that they finally can say goodbye, you know, and have ashes or a memorial or, you know, yeah. whatever they're going to do. Whatever so that there's, them. Yeah. To give them a, a, a starting point to be able to move forward. Absolutely. And I think yep. that's really good. So we're very happy to see that. It's yeah. true. Lori had Charles and Joe Ryan cremated and Zulima cremated Alex. All of that was surprising to me. It is because of their crazy. belief in the resurrection. They don't typically. Uh, yeah, they kind of frown on that. So, but whatever, yeah. who cares? I'm just, I'm so glad she's finally been released. My God. Uh, me too. Yep. Yep. Very relieved for that. So yeah, good news there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, Christy, talk to us about uh, Tim Ballard. Guys, Tim Ballard's in the news again. I know you'll be so surprised. So, of course, Tim Ballard is the uh, disgraced founder of Operation Underground Railroad from Utah, supposed child trafficking um, hometown hero who has turned out to be, well, not so much. Um, so we know Tim Ballard is being sued uh, um, civilly by a bunch of a bunch of people who are alleging uh, sexual assault and abuse and all kinds of stuff. Well, he has actually finally fired back in court, really for the first mm -hmm. time, which I think is is rather interesting. Yeah. But he is seeking to exclude some information that he says is stolen and confidential that um, one particular person who is suing him should not have had um, access to and should not have. So this is kind of interesting because one of the people who's suing him is his former assistant. And she apparently has some uh, personal emails of him, of his, Mm -hmm. that uh, she maybe shouldn't have a hold of, or at least he's saying she shouldn't have a hold of. Mm -hmm. um, he says he's alleging it was stolen from his private um, email to include private religious conversations between Ballard and a priest of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A priest. I'm finding that interesting. I don't know what word that is. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. That word doesn't mean in Mormonism what it means in other churches. So I think they're just right. trying to say a clergy member, probably a general authority, I'm thinking. Um, and attorney client privileged emails between Ballard and OUR's in house counsel. And this is from uh, his uh, assistant, who is one of the people she and her husband are, su are both suing him. Mm -hmm. Um, she had his login and password mm -hmm. up into early October, which was just a few days before she actually filed suit against him. Mm. So we shall see if some of this gets excluded or not. I don't know. It's interesting, though, mm -hmm. to start to see kind of behind the scenes about where things are coming from. Mm -hmm. Also, and this Fox News 13 in Utah, and I don't have a lot of this yet because they were just coming out with it tonight, but they are doing a deep dive into... Um, 
Attorney Reyes, um, the the uh, Utah, oh, Attorney General, why can't I think of that word? Utah Attorney General Reyes, who turned out to be, you know, one of Tim Ballard's best buds, uh -huh. they're finding evidence of about a million dollars that has crossed path, gone back and forth between Tim Ballard and OUR and Reyes in the Attorney General's office. And so there's uh -huh. a big expose about to come out. So probably we'll be able to cover that next week. Um, another step in the direction of how deeply involved Utah government has been with this situation and with potentially covering things up for Tim Ballard. There's tons of questions. You know, Reyes has now said he's not seeking another term. There's been yeah. a lot of calls for him. Yeah, like Reyes no is ruined. Yeah, he's totally ruined. <laughs> but um, there are a lot of people questioning, like, why is he not resigning? And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And they just keep, he just keeps digging his heels in that he's not leaving. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is, this is not good news. And I know that I had read before that Operation Underground Railroad had donated money to the Utah Attorney General's office to help with their fight against sex trafficking um, that they were doing, the Attorney General's office was doing. I don't know if that is this money that they're referring to or if there is other money. Mm. It's not good because this is the this is the same guy that is accused of shutting down the criminal investigation into OUR and Tim Ballard uh, mm. last spring. So, right. Those connections just keep getting made more and more and more. And I'll tell you what, Fox News 13 is dogged on this. They are mm -hmm. pulling zero punches, which I love to mm -hmm. see. And I'm I'm pretty thrilled about this because Reyes needs to go. He, it's very likely that all of this would have come out much sooner had he yeah. not been uh, getting his little fingers in the pie that he should not have been. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I also want to say, hey, Bob, welcome. Good to suck. see you. Yeah, Bob, good to see you. Yeah. Interesting. Say, it does suck to suck. And and Ballard, you know, sucks. So yeah, we'll keep so talking. We'll keep talking so, on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot more coming. There's so much more coming because we know there's a criminal investigation going on yeah. now, too. Plus all these other lawsuits. It's this is going to be this is going on while. Just uh, pointed out if uh, she was his assistant. I wonder if she was copied on it. She very well may have been. Also, you if know, uh, he says it was his private email, not his work email. Then why does and she so, have the passwords? But she had the username and, and password, which makes me think, well, how private is it if your assistant right. has the username and password? Mm -hmm. She also yeah. said if it's attorney-client privilege, it would need to say so in the title and body of the email. Ooh, oh, 20 bucks it did not. 20, yeah. 20 big ones it did not yep. because uh, I, yeah. they weren't doing anything right you know well they weren't covering anything up because they oh. you know were quite sure they weren't doing anything wrong so they were infallible just like a lot of these mm -hmm. guys thought they were hey aaron welcome this is also aaron's yes. first time welcome 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 i'm so glad we went live this week you guys me too <laughs> me too i my hair is killing me look at this oh no this is what happens when you lay on the couch for two days <laughs> <laughs> You've got a little bump. It's all good. It's all good. Every time I look at myself, I'm like, oh, no. That's not okay. <laughs> well, speaking of Mormons gone rogue, since that's where we are right now, let's talk mm -hmm. a tiny bit about Ammon Bundy. Oh, so, Ammon F. Bundy, if you don't know, uh, ran for 
governor here, hey Tay, uh, in Idaho uh, and lost uh, overwhelmingly. He is the same Bundy that was associated with that first standoff with the government. That was his father. And then uh, the Malheur uh, preserve that they took over in Oregon, mm-hmm. that was him. And now yeah, and his he's father was been... the one in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now he's been in deep shit in Idaho because we've talked about this a little bit, but last summer there was an incident where one of his best associates, uh, his grandchild had been, his daughter and her husband had been involved with in a CPS case because they had a baby that it sounds like has some really serious disabilities that ended up with a uh, that was basically starving to death without the correct medical care. And Mm -hmm. they had missed a doctor's appointment. And when you have a child that has stuff like this going on and CPS is keeping an eye on you, they meet you at the doctor's office. So CPS went and they did not. And so CPS went, okay, well, we have to have this kid now. So they gave them one more opportunity to bring the child to uh, the doctor's office. They did not. So the baby was taken and taken to St. Luke's Hospital in Boise, where, uh, again, they determined that this baby was essentially starving to death, and they mm-hmm. ended up having to admit the baby. So Ammon Bundy decided that the, uh, you know, the state was kidnapping these people's baby, and he and a bunch of his dumbass toadies showed up at St. Luke's and caused a big disturbance where the hospital had to lock down. They had to stop yeah. allowing, uh, taking ambulances. So people having medical emergencies had to be uh, sent somewhere else. It was very scary. It, it was, was brief, but it was very scary. It was uh, a bad thing. So mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, St. Luke said, well, we are going to sue you because of what you did here. And they did. And Bundy has completely refused to participate in that. He has, I think he showed up to court one time, but mostly yeah, he's completely refused issue. yeah, to respond to anything. Finally, the judge issued a contempt of court charge to a warrant to get him to court. And he was finally arrested. He'd been hiding out. Every time the sheriff's office went to his home to try to give him something, he was threatening them. He had a bunch of his toadies that had been, like, guarding his property. Like, this has been bananas. So, anyway, there was finally a a judgment against him because he never really came to court or defended himself at all to the tune of, like, $53 million. Yeah, and Ammon, I think, at one point was worth, like, $1.5 million. So, like, well beyond what he actually has. Yeah. So, his family has now gone into hiding. But he did a TikTok or a YouTube video a couple of days ago making some pretty, not even very veiled threats against uh, various lawmakers and people in the mm-hmm. justice system and people at St. Luke's. Uh, all of his people are claiming that St. Luke's has been stealing his money. Well, no, they were awarded it. Uh, right. So anyway, now there's been another warrant issued for his arrest for contempt of court. And dude's in hiding they're saying that he is not in the state any longer so um thanks st luke's for chasing him out i mean sorry for her wherever he went yes sorry for that but we're glad he's gone um he had also illegally sold his home to a friend Mm -hmm. uh to avoid 
you know, having to pay any of his assets to St. Luke's and that sale has now been reversed. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he did all of this wrong yeah. and has made no attempt to take any responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. And now he's in deep shit. Mm -hmm. yep. and I just, this... I feel very sorry for his kids. He I has too. teenage sons. I mean, when he was finally arrested, it's because he showed up at a banquet, a football banquet. Mm -hmm. And was arrested right there in front of all of the parents and the team and stuff. His poor kids have been so humiliated and put through the ringer. And now they've had to move because yeah. of all of this. Like, it sucks. It's, it sucks. But how dare you try to seize a hospital, you know, yeah. and seize control of a hospital Risk like that. the safety in a way that... of so many people yeah. and got involved in something that he did not understand or was really any of his business whatsoever. No. And, you know, the state was simply trying to protect the safety of that little baby because that well, baby was high, high risk. Oh, the baby was 10 months old and something like 14 pounds. It was like, it was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. It and was. the baby has a medical issue and just mm -hmm. the parents apparently need some extra support in taking care of this baby. Yeah, uh, understanding how to what to do and stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, Emmy had asked what uh, our Etsy store is. It's Joyful Goddess Designs. I did put up a link. Yeah. Or if you just go to truecrimesquad.com, you'll see the link for our merch. If yeah. you just click on that, that actually takes you to that Etsy shop. Yeah. Yep. Because that's where our shirts and mugs and stuff are too. Uh, another local case to us that uh, has a. To us, a very surprising development is Jeremy Best. Uh, you guys may remember Jeremy Best a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Uh, there was a huge manhunt here because he had shot and killed his pregnant wife and had gone on the run with their nine-month-old baby boy. And then he was found the next day uh, naked in a sleeping bag, sleeping along the side of the road in Bonneville County. And the child was nearby and was deceased. Immediately, competency brought was brought into question. His attorney, of course, is uh, Jim Archibald, and Ring a Jim bell. immediately <laughs> asked for a competency hearing because Jeremy had been wandering around at stores naked. He had a psychotic break the day that this happened. He had been taken to the hospital. The hospital did not hold him as they nor should have. Nor did the police. Nor did the police sent him home with his wife where he completely lost it and killed her. And then of course, you know, killed his whole family. Yeah. And so competency was asked for immediately, not to anyone else's surprise. Um, he was actually assigned a conservator because mm -hmm. he's lost it. You guys, it was announced today that he has been deemed competent and fit to stand trial. What in the holy hell? Here's the thing. Remember, we live in the wild, wild west. For yeah. real. Idaho is yeah. still the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. And Idaho's bar for competency is so low. First of all, we do not have an insanity defense of any kind mm -mm. in the no. state of Idaho. Mm -mm. And competency only means the ability to understand the charges and the ability to participate in his own defense. Mm -hmm. That's it. Even Lori Vallow did not meet that and right. had to go into a hospital um, mm -hmm. for, you know, 10 months or so. Yeah. Uh, I'm stunned, honestly. I'm really concerned mm -hmm. about this because, you know, I, I, I understand that 
the justice system is out for blood in this case because of the absolutely heinous crimes that he is alleged to have committed. Yeah. But what are we doing with a guy that very clearly is not in his right mind? Mm-hmm. And what kind of grounds for appeal is this going to be? I mean, this that it makes it now possible for this to be a death penalty case. And yeah. I think it quite likely will be a death mm-hmm. penalty case. And are we... Idaho is rather famous for um, convicting people in death penalty cases and then never executing them because the question of their competency is actually sort of always there. Gerald Pizzuto is a great example of that. Oh, yeah. He has been, you know, has had like more than a dozen death warrants in, in his 40 years in, on death row, still has not ever been executed. No. You know that we there we have a lot of cases like that because they they just keep going back for more appeals and more appeals because it's clear that this person has some psychological issues. Yes, I I agree, Jane, that they don't want to get sued. I still think they will. I still mm-hmm. think that the county will get sued, and I think that the hospital will get sued because yeah. there's a lot of questions here mm-hmm. about how he got out of that hospital without being held, mm-hmm. and and it is for sure you know within their favor if yeah. he's found competent, but is he really? Because the other thing about competency is that the person that determines competency is the judge. So he was evaluated by mental health professionals. We don't know what those evaluations say, but what we know is- that And the we'll judge never made, know. And we'll yeah. never know because that's protected health information. But long run, it's the judge's actual decision. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. I, this case makes me sick in every aspect of it. This, yep. this included. Yep. Yep. Absolutely wild, but agreed, Paula, that was very quick, wildly quick. It it really was. Uh, we're not sure what to think, except for that we were pretty disgusted. And yeah, I, you know, I, we watched and, and I'm a mental health professional. And I know many mental health professionals and we've talked about this and I think mm-hmm. we're all pretty stunned by mm-hmm. how quickly they determined this. I don't understand why a stay in the state hospital to be sure that someone is competent wouldn't be warranted here. Mm-hmm. If it was warranted with Lori Vallow, it how is it not warranted with, with Jeremy Best? Absolutely. I do not understand that. Those standards do not match up to me at all. No, no. Wild. Yeah. Uh, but talking about Jim Archibald reminded me that there was a little news about John Thomas that I thought you guys might find kind of fun. So yep. <laughs> John Thomas and his wife and his daughter and son-in-law have opened a little food truck, a little food shack thing that uh, the bulk of the proceeds of it go to a different chosen charity every month. Yeah. And I want to go check it out. It's like a gourmet soup kind of type, uh, yeah, little, uh, you know, standalone drive-up place. Apparently, the son-in-law is a chef and has extensive yeah. cooking experience. And uh, reading the East Idaho News article about it, it sounded like it was going to be a pretty cool place. But essentially, mm-hmm. it's called the Give Back Shack. And the whole yeah. goal of it is to give back to this community. I also learned, I don't know how I hadn't made this connection, but... Uh, John Thomas's wife is a woman named Jolyn Thomas, Jolene who is Thomas. a very long-term uh, news reporter in Idaho Falls. I didn't realize well, they were married. Very conservative talk radio host. I've been interviewed by Apparently her. Apparently now, of times. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She yeah. has been for quite a long time. 
Yeah. So that surprised me. I didn't realize that that was, uh, that connection yeah. was made for me. But anyway, yeah. I thought the Give Back Shack was a really cool idea. So I hope that there's it is. Solid. I hope it makes well, it go. Yeah. We'll definitely go check it out and report back. Mm -hmm. I love soup. So I'm going to go give it a shot. Yeah. No soup for you. What? <laughs> hope it's not that kind of soup place. <laughs> it probably is. But <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Jody F. Hildebrand. She's oh really God. the big news of the day because Jody mm -hmm. has pled guilty. Yes. So uh, I did want to just show you guys her plea. It's like about six minutes long. It's not long, but very similar to um, Ruby Frankie. She has, mm -hmm. they pled down from six to four. And she'll be looking at a similar sentence. Though hers could be higher. She could have some enhanced penalties because of her profession. Uh, she was the counselor involved in this situation. We'll I think that's more out. likely. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Tay, I have all the info on the Idaho house. Yep, I will give yep. it to you next. So let's go ahead and take a peek at this. Two three one five zero one seven six three. Mr. Clark and Mr. Shaw are here representing the state of Utah, and Mr. Terry is here with Ms. Hildebrand. We are scheduled for a waiver of preliminary hearing. Mr. Terry appears you have uh, just handed the court a signed plea agreement. That is correct, Your Honor. Uh, with respect to the waiver, Ms. Hildebrand, we have had discussions. She fully understands the purpose of a preliminary hearing, what the burden of proof would be, um, and that she has the right to a preliminary hearing, but in conjunction with the entry of her plea today, we waive the preliminary hearing. And in fact, there is a provision in the written plea agreement that uh, operates as a waiver of That's a preliminary correct. hearing. All right. Ms. Hildebrandt, 
I've been handed a written document, a plea agreement with your signature on it. Did you sign that document? Yes. And you did that to represent to the court that you have read the document carefully, that you understand what you've read, that you agree to all of the terms that are set forth in that written document? Yes, sir. You've had sufficient time to ask Mr. Terry any questions that you have about the agreement or its potential effect? Yes. Is anyone pressuring you to enter into this agreement or is anyone promising you anything that I haven't been told about or that is not in the written document? No. Are you under the influence of alcohol or drugs today? No. Is there anything today that could interfere in any way with your ability to understand the the agreement its or its potential consequences? No. No physical condition, mental health or emotional condition, nothing that could interfere with your present ability to evaluate the agreement and decide if it's what you're prepared to do today? No. You don't need more time, you're ready to go? Yes. Any further record, counsel? Your Honor, the agreement contains a factual basis. Um, there are a few details in the factual basis that we are not in full agreement with. However, this is a guilty plea. It is not an Alford plea. The factual basis set forth, sets forth facts that uh, we agree with, uh, that Ms. Hildebrand agrees with, that are sufficient for the court to accept her plea with respect to the four counts uh, to which she is pleading guilty. And so we ask the court to accept her plea agreement. And apart from what is in the written factual base in the plea agreement, you have, I'm assuming, re reviewed voluminous discovery. You, yeah. you don't dispute whether there is an actual or an ad adequate factual basis. We do not. All right, then. Anything else before the court receives Ms. Hildebrandt's pleas? No, Your Honor. Nothing for the state, Your Honor. Then, Ms. Hildebrandt, how do you plead to count one, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. And to count three, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. To count five, aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. And to count six, also aggravated child abuse, a second-degree felony? Guilty. The court finds that there is a sufficient factual basis. The court, in addition, finds that Ms. Hildebrandt's pleas are made knowingly and voluntarily. The court, therefore, accepts and enters those pleas, dismisses the remaining two counts. We are anticipating a PSI, although part of the plea agreement appears to be that Ms. Hildebrandt will not contest a prison sentence. Correct. Is that right? That is correct. But we... We are, we are asking for a PSI. All right. Then the court orders the preparation of a pre-sentence investigation report and sets sentencing at 10.30 a.m. on February 20th. Anything else for today, counsel? Nothing from us, Your Honor. Nothing from us, Your Honor. All right. Thank you. We'll be in recess. Well, okay. There you have it. Yeah. I mean, I think these two didn't have a prayer and they knew it. Mm -hmm. There's so much evidence against them. Mm -hmm. oh Jody Hildebrand grossed me out so much, oh. though, with what her attorney said in the news. Yeah. Don't worry, you guys. It's still all about the kids. She did this for the children. You know, those ones that she was torturing. She did this for them. Yeah. Her attorney she said... For them. 
She has pled guilty because she did not want these children to have to testify. She takes responsibility, and it is her main concern at this point that these children can heal both physically and emotionally. Oh my God, Jody, go fuck yourself. Are you kidding yes, me? Absolutely. You don't get to worry about the well-being of these kids anymore. You've done enough. No. Get out. And, oh my God. And, yeah. Shut your stupid face. Yeah. So she can get one to 15 years for each count. <laughs> your stupid face. It just, it's so <laughs> gross. Like, come on. Come on. Heal from the horrific things you did to them that you mm -hmm. are pleading guilty to them to doing to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, right, Deanna. More like she doesn't want them to tell the world what kind of a monster she is. Exactly. Right. They don't want those kids on the stand for fear of what they will say. Right. So I have the charging docs. I'm not going to read through them. We already did that with Ruby Frankie. They're nearly identical, except for mm -hmm. that she also admits to making the little girl throw herself into a cactus repeatedly. My God. They what? literally tortured these kids. The way they made them work outside and run outside in the heat in St. George, Utah. Mm -hmm. It is so fucking hot out there, you guys. It's, oh. you know, easily 110. In the summer, um, yeah. In the summer. Yeah. It's a miracle the kids lived through what they put them through last summer. It really did. Well, and what are their long-term effects going to be? I mean, not only psychological, but physical. Are they going to end up with, like, early yeah. skin cancer from those things? It's just unreal. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been the scarring on their wrists and ankles from being bound like that that may always mm -hmm. be there. And from the burns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the... So when you look at the charges and, and you look at what they could be sentenced with, it looks like they could both get 60 years. But the way I, which they won't, neither of them will get anywhere near that. But the way Utah's laws work, neither of them can actually get more than 30. Mm -hmm. They won't get that. Though I'm going to predict no, now that no. I think that Jody will get more than Ruby because she was the therapist, because she was the professional in the right. room that was supposed to be helping this family and instead was torturing their children. So I suspect mm -hmm. she'll get more, but we'll see what happens. Man, mm -hmm. she looks like no. shit, though, doesn't she? Oh, man. She looks terrible, and boy, does she deserve it. She does. She looks terrible. Um, but they both agreed to um, prison time and... Ruby specifically agreed to consecutive sentences, not concurrent sentences. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that in Jody's agreement specifically. Mm, I didn't look at it. I'm, that not close. Sure I'm not sure. Because, I mean, we would want consecutive so that they're getting, I mean, at minimum, that would mean four years. Right. Yeah. They need to get a hell of a lot more than that because these kids mm -hmm. need to be full grown adults and able to defend themselves long before these idiots ever get out of prison. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. But that is where it sits. They are both. Okay. They are doing both consecutive. Thank you, Jess. But apparently in Utah, even consecutive, uh, there's limits on how much you can actually do unless it is mm. uh, a murder one case. And so um, okay. because it's not, there's going to be a limit on how much they can actually actually do. get. Yeah. But because neither of them have uh, any priors, it's not going to be that much. People will be pissed off by the time this is over, I suspect. Especially because these are plea deals, too. Uh -huh. They're getting some credit for, for, you know, 
taking responsibility, if that's what you want to call this, which is really just saving their own asses. A hundred percent. So my only hope is that this makes the Mormon church pause to evaluate their therapist. Boy, it should, because holy hell, it's not just this one. We're covering many of them right now. Yeah, church therapists who have research, therapists who belong to the church, who the church was paying to do therapy for various families uh, that have been committing all kinds of crimes. Right. So, yeah. But will it? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, the most they can get, apparently it's 30 total. The most they can, either of them can get is 30. But again, if they, if either of them get more than 10, I will be very, very surprised. I hope they do. Yeah, I, I hope they do that too. about the cactus. Yeah, it's just horrific. Mm-hmm. These people are ghouls. Mm-hmm. So paranormal burn directly in hell, both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, interesting one going on right now, and that is the release of Gypsy Rose. Uh, yeah. So Gypsy Rose gets out of prison tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She will be released on parole. You know, if you don't know who Gypsy Rose is, Gypsy Rose is the young woman whose mother, uh, who she and her boyfriend, um, her boyfriend actually did the stabbing of her mother, Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard, mm-hmm. to death. And this was back in 2015. Um, Blanchard's mother, she she suffered from Munchausen's by proxy. And so, you know, um, Gypsy Rose underwent something like 30 unnecessary surgeries. Mm -hmm. She was in a wheelchair she didn't need to be in. There was all kinds of fraud around money and support for them. And, um, you know, she finally got connected up with this, with this young man and kind of started for the first time telling someone what was happening to her. And so she and her boyfriend um, planned and then carried out the murder of her mother. Mm-hmm. So she has served eight and a half years of her 10-year sentence. Uh, Nicholas Godjohn is her, was her boyfriend at the time. He is the one who actually committed the murder. And he is serving life without parole plus 25 years. So he mm-hmm. will not be out ever. Yeah. Um, but Gypsy Rose gets out tomorrow. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. This is a hard case, mm-hmm. you know, because of what she, the extreme abuse that she mm-hmm. experienced in her life from her mother. Um, and, and Gypsy being a very vulnerable person, she was still treated like a child, even though she was in her 20s and didn't, you know, was lying about her age and really did not have an opportunity to grow up until after she went to prison. So we shall see. It's very interesting, I think, to just see what happens with Gypsy Rose. There's a mm-hmm. there's a big um, there's been a documentary done on with her, uh, you know, talking about what her experience is while in prison. And then there's another one coming out right after she's released about her release. And mm-hmm. we'll see what she does. She's actually married. She mm-hmm. married someone while she was in prison. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing yeah. is weird and I worry for her. I don't I don't know that she'll ever psychologically really be okay. Yeah. No. For the things that she's been through and experienced and stuff. But yeah. Interesting no, but to see has, what happens with her. For sure. And she she seems to have quite a bit of support. And so she I, does I just hope seem she's to, okay. Yeah. That is such an awful case. Yeah. 
Right, uh, yes, I agree. Prison was very liberating for her. It was less, yeah. that was less of a prison than what she was living in with her mother. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, social development completely screwed up. Uh, mm -hmm. All kinds of development, actually, because she wasn't really- Well, in her physical health. And, yeah, She received all kinds compromised. of health stuff that she did not need, surgeries mm -hmm. and things that were unnecessary. And Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lindsay wanted to know if there's anything new in Richard Allen in Delphi. Not that I can find. Uh, there was a release from the Indiana Supreme Court just uh, basically talking about courtroom decorum if you're planning on attending the Supreme Court's uh, hearing uh, later on in January. That's about the only thing that's happened that I can find, except for that it is Libby's birthday today. So wow. sending lots and lots of love to the German family mm -hmm. and, and everybody associated with this case for sure. But that's, uh, yep, that's what's going on. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully there is some new news in Delphi soon. Uh, yeah. The big question right now uh, that we're all wondering about is why did he get transferred to a different prison? Right. Under whose orders? Who decided that? And why did he get put where he is and like what well, what condition is he in there now and also is richard allen okay yeah because uh he has not been okay no. and what's the supreme court of indiana going to do with that judge yeah and then very very interesting yeah yeah so that is that's about all i've got to say on that that's about all we know mm -hmm. uh let's talk about well very briefly uh danny masterson checked into the north kern state prison today mm -hmm. so he's now going through the process of classification and reception which probably isn't reception. as fancy as it sounds probably <laughs> I don't think there's not. a reception in your honor there danny yeah uh, I, don't think so. I don't think there's any like wine and cheese at that reception no, but uh, he is in prison for like 30 years for those rapes. So yep. that is where he's at. He is safe and sound where he belongs or sound. Mm -hmm. He's where he belongs. That's probably all. Okay, let's talk about the Moscow house. Oh, you guys. So the Moscow house is set to be demolished me. in the morning, Thursday yeah. morning. To begin so, at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So as you know, uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, but this is the house that the four students were murdered in, uh, allegedly by Brian Koberger in Moscow, Idaho. There has been a lot of conversation about this house. The families are begging the school. So the house was owned privately and it was given to the school after these kids were murdered. And the University of Idaho has been chomping at the bit to tear this house down. They say because uh, it will help uh, begin the process of healing for the community, because it's upsetting for the other students to have to look at it every day, and because the prosecution and defense have both said, we don't need it anymore. We're all done with it. Uh, but the families are begging them not to do it. So I have two, two sides of it for you. This is a letter, an email, a release from uh, the Gonsalves and Carnotal families from earlier today, uh, I, actually I think yesterday. The Gonsalves family has reached out to the Lataw County Prosecutor's Office and the University of Idaho to stop this madness. When the victims can't speak, you have to speak for them when you feel someone is hurting the case. 
Let's just answer the question on why the King Road House should be should stand for basic evidentiary evidentiary purposes. One, what were the vantage points of the roommates, Dylan and Bethany? What could they hear from where they were in the house? What could they see? How far away was Dylan when she saw BK, and why didn't he see her? Couldn't could the surviving roommates hear a dog barking from the third floor? Screams. Can you hear those same sounds from the bottom apartment? Outside of the house, if evidence is presented about BK leaving or watching the house, what windows could he see in from where he was parked? Was he able to view the inside of the house and what was going on from the outside? Sitting in a car or walking by. How long did it take for him to walk to his car? What points of entry could have he have gotten to from inside the house? If there is audio evidence, what can you hear standing in outside the house? What can you hear inside the house? What was Zana's path in the house to pick up DoorDash? Did she have to walk past different bedrooms? Could she have had to walk past Brian Koberger? Where could he have been hiding? All of the entry and exit points in the home. How could you get in and out without anyone seeing you? Were the decks potential access points? Since the decks and landscape features are very close to each other, any biological evidence? Where was it located in the house? Any proximity to the victims? Was there any trail outside of the biological evidence in proximity to the house? If the house was a target, which was a theory from the beginning, which is the supposed reason the University of Idaho called off their campus-wide warning while BK was still not apprehended? Why was the house the target? Why are all of the access exit points to the property? The driveway configuration for a vehicle to enter, exit, and turn around. What are the vantage points of other camera evidence pointed toward the house? These are just a few things that the family has thought of, and no one seems to answer the question about the King Road house. The question is, if the home is demolished, will all of these questions be able to be answered later on with diagrams, models, technology, etc.? if they become an issue at trial. If not, then why can't we leave the home alone? Their second request is to please get a trial date scheduled. It is with disappointment and frustration that we have to ask for this publicly. The court in this matter has delayed long enough. The hearing and the challenges to the indictment was in October and the court made a ruling in December on those challenges over 45 days later. The court has still not made a ruling on the in-camera evidence that was presented on December 1st, it is now our understanding that the defense has filed a motion for the court to reconsider the court's decision on the indictment challenges or will be given another hearing date another 30 days out. This was filed a day after a scheduling order and trial date was requested. All of this affects us, the victim's families, and we cannot understand the constant delays. Everything is sealed, so we have no opportunity to even review the factual basis for the motions. This case has to move forward. We are a year out, and the court just made a decision on the indictment. Now the court will have to make another decision to reconsider the decision the court just made, which took the court date 45 days, or took the court an initial 45 days to decide, all while there is still no trial date. We feel the University of Idaho and the court has put us in a horrible position to have to voice our opinions 
We all along have just wanted the King Road home not to be demolished until after the trial. And for us to have to ask for a trial date so that we can look forward to justice being served, is that really too much for us to ask? The families would like to thank everyone across the country for your support on this issue and appreciate all of your hopes and prayers. So that's where the family is at. And understandably, they, they're they they're worried. They're freaked out. They don't well, Gonsalves and Cronodal, because yeah. Chapin's okay with it. Right. Yeah. Gonsalves and Cronodal's. Um, so those are their, their thoughts and their wonderings. So an article came out just a little while ago, like right before the show, actually. And this was written by... Alexandra Dugan. So Alexandra Dugan was a reporter in Boise for quite a while. She's young. In fact, she was at mm-hmm. uh, Daybell sentencing. She camped out overnight up in St. Anthony for the sentencing. She is a alum of the University of Idaho. So this case hit her hard. She just recently mm-hmm. took a new job as a reporter in Spokane, Washington. So she's still right up in that area and is still uh, actively covering this case. So she released uh, an article today, which I think is very interesting because we've all been saying, why? Why can't they just let it stay? Why? So the prosecutor says that this house would not even likely qualify for a walkthrough because it's so substantially different now than at the time of the homicides because of things that they've had to do to the house in their investigation. In, mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, so he says he doesn't really feel like there would ever be a moment that we would be taking the jury there. Also, because in Idaho, if you take someone to the crime scene, any part of the trial, the victim or the uh, accused has to be there. So if they took the uh, the jury to the crime scene, Brian Koberger would have to go. And that gives the defense a very strong uh, argument against not going because that just makes Brian look guilty in the prosecution's eyes. It could be prejudice, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have absolutely no intention of using the house for uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of those reasons that they feel like this is. Well, uh, this trial is likely going to move out of this county anyway. Uh-huh. They may not. They, if they end up in Boise, they're hours and hours and hours away from that house. You know, if this goes Ada County way like um, Daybell and Bellow have. And I mean, Ada County is about the only big county we have, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to understand. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. The only big jury pool we've got in this state is Ada County. Yep. Yep. So for those reasons, and I think it was a listener that really pointed that out, that, you know, it's probably not going to stay in Moscow anyway. So they wouldn't have a jury walk yeah. through. I don't really think they'd have a jury walk through, but I still think that the family's wishes ought to be sustained. Considered, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have done digital scans, yes, so they mm-hmm. could recreate it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that the prosecutor said in uh, Alexandra's article is that uh, the technology that the FBI has brought in to recreate is so amazing that it'll be a better experience than a jury walking through the house anyway. Mm. We shall see, or maybe we won't, but that's what they're saying. Yeah. So that's what's happening with the house. So as of now, 7 a.m., are we going to have people chaining themselves to that house in the morning? I don't know. 
it's all fenced off already mm -hmm. and there's a lot of security on it so i don't know yeah. that they're going to allow anybody to get that close mm -hmm. but will there be protesters there wouldn't be surprised if there mm -hmm. will be yeah, yeah be surprised at all it's just it's a sad. hard one because yeah. there are family members that are so against this it's tough to see that not being taken into account yeah i think so too it's really sad so that's what's up with the house let's see where are we at i know we're a little over time but we had a lot tonight so let me check our notes really quick uh let's see christy i think a couple think... of these we we're going to talk about could just be episodes next week or segments because some of what i still have left is fairly long yeah let's let's wait well let's talk about becky hill and rex Hewerman. and i think that's okay. probably all we got to cover tonight you bet so Becky Hill is the court clerk in the Alec Murdoch trial. It has now come out that um, she has admitted that she has plagiarized part of the book she's writing on the Murdoch trial, that she actually stole some of those writings from a BBC reporter. It just, it's getting uglier and uglier. Uh -huh. She has done some dumbass shit that I am afraid is going to end up causing a mistrial. I know. But she has publicly admitted this, mm -hmm. that yes, in fact, the stuff she's writing, she's at, it's just, it's not good, you guys. There's, right. there's way too much controversy to be going on after after a conviction. It's very- Of a concerning. double murder. Yeah. 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 None so, of it is good. Mm -mm. Becky, we defended you. We trusted you. What the hell is going on here? And now, like, shut really? your stupid face. You and Joe the Hill, Frank, yes. go straight to hell. <laughs> That's what I have to say. I'm going to um, have to make you a new t-shirt. Yeah. Shut your stupid face. We need that one. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of stupid faces, uh, Rex Hewerman. So apparently, <laughs> yeah, because consider that stupid face. You know, he is the accused uh, Long Island serial killer, the Lisk killer. Uh, mm -hmm. He is currently awaiting, or he, everyone, is awaiting the a grand jury decision on a fourth murder that he has been tied to. That is the murder of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Uh -huh. um, there there was it's expected basically um, a decision from that grand jury any day now. Interesting okay. that they're talking about it because, you know, grand juries are supposed to be secret, secret, but it's pretty well known that this grand jury is has been convened and that is about to give their decision about whether or not he will be charged in that fourth murder. Uh -huh. So still a lot marching through the system on Rex Hewerman. I think lots more investigation going on, lots of other yeah. stuff happening too. But yeah. will we see him charged with this fourth murder? That should be out any day. Uh -huh. Yep, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So that's what's up. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of thought we might not have a lot tonight, considering that it's uh, kind of a dead week here. But pardon Turns out me. There's uh, a lot. No, no pun intended, but here we are. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Yeah, Bob said, I remember they had preserved the scene at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Florida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one, someone else pointed out, uh, again, yeah, that the, uh, at Moselle, yeah, Tay, that the mm -hmm. Moselle example that uh, after Alex was, Murdoch was, uh, convicted some of the jurors in interviews said that it was the walk through moselle that convinced them 
which mm-hmm. will always crack me up considering that it was uh, actually the defense that insisted on the walk through Moselle. Right. Right. Take their own case apparently, but here we are. Apparently. Well, and Jess had said is, you know, is that house a biohazard? Good question. Cause there was a hell of a lot of blood at that scene. But so, it was said that there questions. was blood that had run through the walls. It was like yeah, outside. It had like seeped through. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that had been said. Yeah. No, crime did not take a holiday. There was a case in Florida, a Florida woman case of a woman named Miracle who beat the shit out of her boyfriend with the Christmas tree on Christmas Day. So that's... <laughs> oh, good Lord. That tracks. Is that a Christmas yeah. miracle? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe... uh Maybe it was. We don't know what he did, but. <laughs> well, that's true. So we'll be back next week. Uh, if you're a Patreon member, we do have two new Patreons that will be coming out by Friday. So we have mm-hmm. not forgotten about you, Patreon. We will definitely feed the beast and get our episodes up in there. So watch for that. Mm-hmm. If you're not a Patreon member and you'd like to be, just go over and find us on Patreon. It's a subscription service. It's not that expensive, and you get two extra episodes a month from us, depending on mm-hmm. the level of uh, the subscription level. Yeah, a patronage that you uh, sign yes. up for. <laughs> Make that into a Hallmark movie. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I like it, I guess. So Chad now, I think, is not due back in court until January 20th, I believe, somewhere in there. Yeah. So we will, of course, be covering that. And anything else that comes up, I think maybe our quiet news week will actually be next week. But then again, maybe, maybe well, not. We always have some stuff coming up in January as well. So we'll Just. keep an eye mm-hmm. on the uh, on the uh, Arizona courts as well. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. So that's it. Well, you guys have a fun New Year's. Please be super, super safe. Uh, you know, the people are crazy, right? You know that. So, you know, be careful. It is true. It is true. Yep. Take excellent care of yourselves. Happy New Year to you, and we'll be back next week. So, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for all the uh, extras this uh, tonight that we don't normally get. Mm-hmm. Glad you were all here. Glad you were yes. all, all here on that note. So, thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Take care, and uh, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.